Hello out there, music fans. My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you for listening to Independence Day. This is an Independence Day Fast Forward episode. We used to check in with artists who have previously been on the show. This week, Mr. Ted Wolfers, who joined us for episode 86 way back in July of 2013. My, how things have changed since July of 2013. Hello, Ted. Say hello, man. How are you doing? Good to I'm, be here. I'm good. It's great to see you, man. It's great to see you. One of my favorite things about you, other than your upstanding personality, your citizenship, your or citizenry, I should say, your upstanding citizen uh, perspective, is the fact that you are also a Chicagoan. I am a Chicagoan. You spend time there. You spend more time than I, I wish I could spend the time that you spend in Chicago. How are things? Things are amazing. Um, things are just really kind of blowing up in a good in a good way of time. If if you uh, for those of you students of music or students of life out there, if you like sleep, um, do not direct a movie, produce a bunch of records, plan a bunch of tours, and have a hit on the radio all at once because you will not be sleeping. Don't start your own business. There you go. It's so funny. People always say they start their own business because they want more free time, but actually it winds up owning them. The other. Yep. That's how it ends up going. Um, you know, I was thinking, I was looking back at the time you were, you know, we were on, we didn't know each other very well. No, when we you just came met on a the couple show of, before. Yeah. We just met right before that, and we had a lovely conversation. People should check that out. They could go to indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com. Check that out. Like I said, I think it's episode, what did I say it was? 86 or 87. 86, yes. July 24th of 2013. Man. That's a long time ago. So it was an interesting year last year, right? There was some high notes and some low notes, depending on who you are. And it was a rough year, for I think, for just about everybody. Um, but one of the cool things that's happened that happened late last year, uh, one of the best things that happened last year, a long time coming. Why don't you just tell us what happened, then we'll get into why you're why you're here. Well, the greatest thing that's happened, really, I'd say, in the last you know ten years of America, but certainly in the last ten months of America, is that the Chicago Cubs, after 108 years of uh, World Series drought actually won the World Series. But who's counting, right? But who's counting? And now, for people, if I'm sorry to interrupt, but for people who aren't from Chicago, like they all know the legend of the Cubs, but they haven't lived this. Like it just became a joke and then not a joke and then like a joke and then not a joke and then a joke on a joke and a joke. You know, curses of goats and, you know, they got close to getting in a couple times and, you know, and you are a big baseball fan. Like you live and breathe this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing where, you know, you grow up just ever, ever hopeful. And, you know, the the maybe next year expression is just such a huge thing in Chicago because you always expected the Cubs to lose, even even when they had really great teams in 84 and 89 and, then, you know, in early 2000s. And they almost got there and, and something would go wrong, like something would always go wrong. And this time... Things still went wrong, but everything went right. And that's what I think like the longtime Chicago Cubs people are just so amazed at is like it actually happened. Nothing nothing prevented it, you know. And and when you could for those of you who were not watching game seven against the Cleveland Indians in the World Series, um, there was a rain delay. You know, the the thunder came in, they had to bring out the the, the grounds crew, they didn't know if they were gonna have to postpone the extra innings until the next day, and they actually announced at the stadium. I might, I had some friends who were there saying like we might be replaying the last three innings of this game like tomorrow. I mean, people were losing their minds and everyone in Chicago Cubs Nation was thinking, Oh man, that's this is the curse. The rain has right. come. Here it comes. And and honestly, what better team for them to have been playing is the Cleveland Indians who are also in a drought. And so really either one of those teams winning would have been magic for their fans and for their cities. Uh, but it was really amazing that the Chicago Cubs won. 
Yeah, and I approve of the fact that the Chicago Cubs won. With all due respect to Cleveland, they've got a legacy there. And they had kind of a, a charmed year. Uh, the Cavaliers had just won earlier that year, yep. come back from a big deficit mm-hmm. that they dug themselves into to win the NBA championship. And, you know, fast forward to the fall, the Cubs had had a great season throughout that year. And I was kind of like you. It's like I'm so conditioned to them losing. I kept thinking to myself, like, you know, I actually won't even really be sad because I'm so used to them losing. And I'm so, in some ways, comfortable with that, like, Stockholm syndrome of them losing that, you know, it just built up that pressure. It's like I I, I wanted to believe. And then when the Cubs got themselves in that big hole, you know, they were down... What three they were, one? They were down three one, and it was it was a ping pong. It was you know they they had the lead, and then the Indians had the lead, and then and then oh the cu- wait a minute they're down, and and then oh, they, by a lot, and then by a lot, and then they came back, and then okay we're going to extra innings, and they're in extra innings, and then the well, rain the series in. though oh the series yes. they were down in the series they were in down a in the big series. They hole had, they were down against the Dodgers in a big hole in the previous, and so they had to, they dug themselves holes and had to come back, and I think you know the Blackhawks have been famous for doing that the last ten years, and I think it's it makes for when you're backed up against the wall, you 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 wake up and, and do the job a little bit better, I think. And it's left us in Chicago with nothing left to complain about but the weather, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, the Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Which is a big thing to complain about. You know, I, I've just been overseas recently, and what's funny is you, you, you talk with all these different people, and, you know, a lot of people, if they don't, if they know you're from Chicago, the first thing they say is like Al Capone. Or they talk about the Cubs, and, and what what I've found, you know, getting emails from people around the world about about this song is is uh, has been really amazing because the world knows about the Chicago Cubs drought. I mean, it's, right. it's not just oh, this team isn't good or this team. They all know that you know the the world's been waiting for this day to happen, and it finally happened this last November, which was really really magical. Yeah, you're right. Because growing up, it was like gangsters and Michael Jordan. Right. Anywhere, you know, some dude in China in a grass hut, like, knew that's what they knew about Chicago. But those yep. are the things that they knew. And then they knew that the Cubs were going to find that, a way to lose. The third one is they knew the Cubs were going to lose that year. Right. Yeah. They're going to find a way to lose. Now, I want to tie it into the song. You're going to play a song for us in a couple of minutes. Now, before you tell me the story of how you wrote it, which I know you did the night they won, while I sat and watched the Blues Brothers and drank beer in the middle of the night. There you go. Uh, probably the last happy moment of 2016 for me. But, uh, for you, like, talk a little bit about the personal nature of this, because this is like, like that's another thing that people don't really get in outside of Chicago. Like, we watched our fathers, grandfathers, great grandfathers, and grandmothers, with all due respect, as well. Like the gnashing of teeth as they failed over and over. Generations came and gone. Not that many people lived to be a hundred and well, how many was it? Hundred eight. Hundred eight. Yeah. Not that many people lived to be that old, and even if they did, they would have been an infant the right. last time the Cubs yeah. won. So to get, give me that sense of place in your family, in your life. What what has been really amazing is, I'll start at the very beginning. I was named after Ted Williams, the legendary you know baseball player for the Boston Red Sox. And uh, my, my dad and parents were a huge sports family. Uh, my grandfather on my mother's side was, the, was one of the many team doctors for the Milwaukee Braves. And so she used to grow up having... You know, kind of Eddie Matthews and and Warren Spahn and these people throwing pitching to them at, at the little McKinley School Park, and so baseball's severely in my blood. I started hitting a baseball when I was 18 months old, and uh, for a large period of my life, I was playing baseball very competitively. Even so much so, I was looked at a little bit by the Baltimore Orioles that I was look I was going to these camps in like eighth grade where, you know, I was I was playing with minor leaguers and I was I was baseball was life and I really traded in my bat for this other piece of wood 
that you can, you know, sit in bed and strum a night or play really loud on a stage. And that brings us to here today. But um, so, yeah, so, you know, baseball has been with me my entire life. Um, and I came about in this really great period of 1980s Cubs baseball because uh, a former announcer for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, who then was with the Chicago White Sox, who then became an announcer for the Chicago Cubs, his name was Harry Carey. And I was coming of age into falling in love with baseball and growing up being a baseball fan while Harry Carey and Cubs Nation were really expanding. And with the 84 team and the, the invention of the rooftops, which my very good friend Mike Racky's father started the very first rooftop, Mike joined me for a show recently at the Cubby Bear. As a, just as a quick aside, people who aren't familiar with the layout of Wrigley Field, it's in the city of Chicago in the north side called Wrigleyville neighborhood because of the park. And on the, on the right field and left field behind the buildings or behind the park is a row of buildings, which are just residential properties and people at one point started building bleach well at first it was just like dudes in a, with a cooler a budweiser and a couple lawn chairs yep. and then it became like a business and they put bleachers up there and like skyboxes practically and it's a whole thing Go and on, thus sorry. began the um the the rooftop wars which is a whole different conversation but um but yeah and, and so I, I grew up in this in this era of you know you could still go and get bleacher tickets for eight bucks and you could sit in wrigley field and i remember my parents would bring me to wrigley field as a little boy in april when it was like 27 degrees in Chicago. So you're there in your winter coat and you're freezing your, your bum off in, in Wrigley Field. And it was amazing and it was wonderful and it was empty because they weren't good. And so it was always, you'd, you'd meet older generations like, oh, well, they had really great players back in the day. But that 1908 team, that 1906 team, you know, Frank Chance, Tinkers Devers, the Chance, they were the, you know, and it was just, you kind of grew up with this heritage. So you knew so much about the past because the present wasn't really happening. And so, you just get get tied up in the myth and the legend of the black cat, and you get you know in the, myth, in the legend of the goat, and you get into the myth and the legend of all these things of why the Cubs have yet to win the World Series, and so, um, so yeah, it, it was a very personal connection to me of being a baseball fan and being a um, a former baseball player and just somebody who would go to spring training and hang out with these people and who you know knew players and watched you know minor leaguers become major leaguers and and so. Um, uh, next to next to you know music and and you know my family uh baseball comes a, a close third <laughs> <laughs> but it's important nonetheless yeah. so now now take us now set the scene and now we've watched this us we cubs fans and cleveland fans and baseball fans up to that point watch this whole happen this whole last year with the, the winning of the games and then the all-star game they had that tiny little slump and they came strong into the playoffs and then fought their way through all that so now They've won, and what makes you decide to do what you did? Well, I mean, what what's crazy is they they had the right team. They had the right team, I think, in in 2015 because um, they. What's so great is if you look at if you look at the Kansas City Royals the the year beforehand, when you, it's kind of like a band. When you get really good people who spend a lot of time together working towards something, maybe the gig doesn't go right, but the next one's going to go really good. And they had the right group of people, the right manager, the right general manager, and they made just a couple of changes, some big, but some couple of changes between that 2015 and 2016 team. And the 2016 team was just the, the it was the magic, it was the mojo. Yeah. And so, what really what happened was, um, I had a gig. I was playing guitar for a friend of mine named Katie Ferrara, who I've produced some really great music for. She's an excellent singer songwriter. You should check her out. But um, 
I, we were playing Hotel Cafe, and the Cubs were playing the Dodgers. And I said, is there, a, is there a television that has the game on anywhere near here? And you're in Hollywood, and you'd think there'd be some TVs around. And no, so I, I, find, I found a bar down the way, and I'm sitting there, and I'm standing next to this group of girls. And I'm watching the Chicago Cubs beat the L.A. Dodgers, who had a great team as well last year, to go to the World Series. And I was just like, this is, this is unbelievable. They're actually going to go to the World Series, let alone win it. Like, okay, the season's over. They, they've made it. <laughs> you know, like th- Something's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to lose. You know, Oh, my God, they're playing Cleveland. Cleveland's going to kill them. Because they were in the series in 45, right? That was yes. the last time they were actually in the series. Correct. But then, of course, everybody knows what happened from there, which was a whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of nothing. W- great teams, great players, great personalities. Just a whole lot of nothing. And so uh, so they're in the series. And uh, flash forward to, you know, I'm watching all the games. And flash forward to game seven. And I have a recording session at my studio. Which was biblical, that game seven, by the way. Biblical. And so um, I, I was producing a record. Uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm texting. We were supposed to start like eight o'clock session that night. It had been on the books for a couple of weeks. And I didn't think that the Cubs would be in game seven of the World Series. You don't. And so I had this session, and I said, you know, why don't you come around 9 or 10 if you can, you know, postpone it a little bit. You know, the game's kind of going on. And, and she's like, is everything okay? And I said, yeah, everything's great, actually. But, you know, and so she calls me, and she's like, you sound a little tense. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> There's nothing on the TV. And I, I said, you know, uh, it's honestly one of the most amazing and important parts of American and baseball history is actually happening right now. If Cleveland had won, it would have been one of the most important things for baseball in America. And um, so, so, I, so she comes over and um, is kind of appeasing me to watch a little bit of the game. And so, so the, uh, the, the rain delay happens. And I said, okay, let's start working for just two seconds. So we go up, we start working in the studio. And I hear the chatter of the announcers back on. I said, you know what? The ghost of my father and the ghost of millions of people are going to come and haunt us right now if I do not go down and watch the end of this game. So we went down, and we watched it, and we saw it happen. And it was amazing, and, and they, they did it. And it was just such an emotional thing. And went back up and finished mixing her song. And so I, I mixed her song. And the girls who I had met the night that I was playing Hotel Cafe with Katie Ferrara we kept in touch and because they were Cubs fans in LA and I was a Cubs fan in LA. And so I went to meet up with them and they had been partying the whole night. You know, this is now like one thirty in the morning, two in the morning. And so they're, they're ready to go to bed, so to speak. So I, I drove them home. We had a great celebratory meal. The Cubs won, Cubs won. And, and, um, where, where they were living and where I live, um, Mulholland drive was kind of in between us. And so I said, you know what? The Cubs have just won the world series. This is amazing. I'm going to take Mulholland Drive all the way home, which is a long and beautiful drive. And so I'm taking Mulholland, and all I wanted to do, there were my dad and about four or five other people, all I wanted to do was to be able to tell them that it finally happened. And, and there's obviously no way to tell them that because they're, they're, they're no longer here. And so um, this idea came into my head. And, and you know, if you're a songwriter, it's the blessing and the curse of like, if a good idea comes in, you got to just see the role with it. So now I'm driving home and it's like, you know, 2.30 and I, I get home and I pick up the guitar and I'm like, this is a really good idea. And, and I said, you know, um, I could go to bed now. I was exhausted. I'd had the session. The, the Cubs had just won. I had been out partying. And so um, I said, but you know what? There's just something about this. And so I recorded the song and I recorded it in one take. And um, that was the first time I'd played the song all the way through. 
and um, had the lyrics just kind of scribbled on a thing and overdub an electric guitar, overdub a pedal steel, overdub a bass, overdub a tambourine. And um, now it's like four in the morning. And so I mix it. Now it's like five in the morning. And so I said, uh, I'm really tired now. I just got to put this up. And I decided to put it up on Facebook and on YouTube thinking I would get my typical 35 likes, you know, and because um, if you talk about your dog or your cat, you know, pooping, you get 8 million likes. If you put up like you've won the Nobel Peace Prize and nine Oscars and nine Academy Awards and nine Grammys, nobody cares. So I, uh, I thought I was expecting 35 likes and uh, I go to bed and by noon, my phone has exploded the song is already on the radio. The song is all over Chicago radio and Chicago TV. And there's plans for a day and a half later to have uh, a parade for the Cubs, which was the largest mass of humans in American history. It was five million people who flooded the, the streets of Chicago. And for those of you who have issues judging crowd sizes from aerial footage, you know, of about, you know, differences of, you know, your crowd or my crowd or their crowd or, you know, if you look at the aerial footage, it's 5 million people. It is amazing. And the entire time while that's happening, um, my song is being played on the radio. People are downloading it on Bandcamp, and people are listening to it on Facebook, and they're taking the song to gravestones and cemeteries of their relatives and playing it for them. They're taking it to the wall at Wrigley, and they're playing the song at Wrigley Field. And it was really beautiful and really surreal that my from-the-heart emotional story, I, all I just wanted to do is celebrate the fact that they'd actually done it and um, just really started touching all these people. And what's funny is people are like, why isn't it on iTunes? Why isn't it on iTunes? And I was like, it's, it's 36 hours old. <laughs> you know, the song didn't exist. And, uh, you know, and, and so it's, it's one of the rarest and, and most amazing things that's ever happened to me. And one of those things, like, if I had gone to bed, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. And, and it's just so surreal thinking about that. But um, so it keeps blowing up. It keeps blowing up. And um, November 7th, I got literally probably the greatest e email I've ever gotten from the Baseball Hall of Fame saying that they were going to be putting the lyrics of the song in their exhibits and in their archives. And when I was a little kid playing baseball, I'd always tell my dad all the time, you know, I, I'm going to someday I'm going to end up in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, I didn't as a baseball player, but I did as a musician, and that's that's really crazy. And all it took, Ted, was for the Cubs to break an 108-year curse and get into and actually win the World Series for this, these things to drop into place in your life as well. Exactly. And so, you know, uh, how often does a song blow up? Uh, how often does a folk song blow up about baseball on the radio? As often as the Cubs win the World Series. So yeah. Let's hope it's every year, but uh, it's pretty special this year. Yeah, it was it was a lightning kind of struck in a, in a couple different places at once. So this week's guest, Independence Day, fast forward. Ted Wolfers first joined us back in July of 2013, back when the Cubs had no hope of winning the World Series. And this year, look at us. I love saying, every time I, I say the Cubs, I say, no, I correct them. And I say, no, no, no. The world champion, Chicago Cubs. The world champ, yep. That's what I say. So, uh, you've got a song about this. We've been building this up now. Yeah. So, why don't you go ahead and play this tune? We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit. Some other Happy stuff. To. I'm going to kick your butt out of here. So, this is Ted Wolfers. Let's hear this. The Happy Cubs to. won it all in 2016. All right. Well, this is a song I wrote right after the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016, and I recorded it that night, released it the next morning, and by noon it was all over the radio. Uh, it's ended up in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and it's available on Record Store Day, April 22nd on vinyl. 
But uh, I don't sing the song because you're a fan or I'm a fan. I sing the song because it happened, and it's the best news of the last year, and it's true. So here we go. The Cubs won it all in 2016. I'd like to send this out to my dad and all the other moms and dads who never got to see it. I'd like to send it to Harry and Steve and so many other folks. Wish I could tell they finally won. Should have seen game seven. Man, it was fun. Tired in the ninth with the rain coming down. Extra innings in Cleveland town. Well, I've got a story that you might not believe. But the Cubs won it all in 2016. Yeah, the Cubs won it all. 2016 Well they had the pitching and they had the bats They ditched all the goats the Bartmans and cats Joe Madden got them going They worked as a team And the Cubs won it all in 2016 Yeah the Cubs won it all in 2016 Well holy cow They're world champions now Wrigleyville's Wrapped in a dance Harry And Jack And Ernie and Ron Tinkers Evers and Chance I wish There were a way To have another catch To thank our folks For teaching us that if we could just have one more dog and a beer And explain to them We have no more use for the expression Maybe next year Cause I know it's true But it still feels like a dream That the Cubs won it all in 2016 Yeah, the Cubs won it all in 2016 And I know there's a Cubs fan With a dying request well, Steve, last year, they were finally the best. No more doormats, if you know what I mean. Because the Cubs won it all in 2016. Yeah, the Cubs won it all in 2016. So fly the W as high as it goes. And those numbers next to Iamis Catuli now zeros and that night in Cleveland wow what a scene Bryant fielded the ball through to Rizzo holy cow and the Cubs won it all in 2016 yeah the Cubs won it all in 2016 yeah the Cubs won it all in 2016 Yeah, the Cubs won it all In 2016 Hey Chicago, what do you say? Man, Ted Wolfers, you are making me misty-eyed It was, you know, there were some there were some tears And it's funny that in for me personally uh, The connection to that song Is almost bigger with the people that I know and love 
who are even bigger Cubs fans than I am. Like, I would call myself a Cubs fan, but like, I don't memorize stats. I don't, you know, I don't make pilgrimages. I like to go to Wrigley when I'm in town. They've been my team my whole life, you know, in as much as I care about baseball, which I do, but not as much as you and some of my dear friends, one of my best friends in the world. No joke. Like, as long as I've known him since we were kids, it wasn't uncommon for him to be wearing three separate pieces of Cubs clothing just because they came up in his clothing rotation. This Cubs t-shirt and then the Cubs hat. And then because his jacket's a Cubs hat, now he looks like he's a, practically a team member. Right. <laughs> so this is a big, big deal. And it was a big deal for me. Um, like I said, I celebrated by downloading the Blues Brothers on iTunes and cracking a special beer and staying up entirely too late. Which is an amazing way to celebrate. Which is, an, which yeah. is oh, I, I, you know, and I was by myself. Because like my buddy, who's also from the area, had come to watch it. And then they won. And he went home like a smart person. My girlfriend, who I love, she's from Seattle. You know, She's happy for me, but she's got work. So it's like me by myself. Like, how am I going to celebrate? Well, like, I, the Blues Brothers seem like a logical thing to do. Indeed. Uh, so lovely song, man. You, you captured the moment. Um, I'm glad that it's gotten you all these accolades. I'm, I'm very happy to see you as both a friend and a musician that it's doing well for you. And then fast forward it into now, actually, next week is Record Store Day. And how wow. is this tying into that whole thing? Because that's kind of a big announcement, too. What's really crazy is, you know, I wrote this song, and the song is, as, as you just heard, is the Cubs won it all in 2016. And it's a dated factual historic song and so i thought you know what they're going to play this song you know in november and october on the or in november and early december on the radio celebrating the team maybe for opening day again maybe but. for opening maybe new year's you know thinking that the year you know because it's got the year in it but you know maybe opening day and maybe it'll be the one of the three or four cub songs that gets played on the radio and at the cubs convention which happens in february they just play the song all the time and and so it just kept getting these waves and um i just recently signed a really good distribution deal and this uh the distributor called me and we had talked about maybe putting out some vinyls for this and i'd printed out a very low amount of vinyls and because uh, i was just going to sell them at my shows i'm on my website and and um so he called me and he said you know we had 25 artists that we submitted to this thing amazing thing called record store day and which is a celebration of buying vinyl at record stores every April and every November. Supporting independent music Supporting stores. independent music stores and supporting new and original music. And so uh, anyway, I, you know, I've, I've, I've known about Record Store Day for a long time. It's a very exclusive, crazy, fun list. And it's always a neat thing, like who's going to be on Record Store Day this year? And, and so um, he said he submitted 25 artists of his, and the only two that got picked were Willie Nelson and me. And I said, well, you're kidding. What does that mean? And he said, that means you got to print up a lot more vinyls. <laughs> and so I kind of had to figure out how to do that. And, and um, But it's really, really exciting. We're, we're in 421 stores. You can buy... Uh, so you have 422 copies made then. I, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'd only I, four hundred twenty-three. One for your one for your folks. Yeah, one I, for I'd, you. I'd only for I'd only printed up one for now. Just kidding. Yeah, but um, yeah. So we're in four hundred twenty-one stores, and it's April twenty-second, and it's the tenth anniversary of Record Store Day, and this is kind of one of the the darlings of Record Store Day because it's uh, there's Cubs fans and baseball fans in every city, and not only is this really great music history, it's baseball history, it's American history, and. Uh, we also snuck in. Uh, I've been scoring uh, a TV pilot recently that's all about baseball, completely unrelated. And there was a Cubs mix of that theme song. Again, we've been doing. We, we were working on that early 2016, 
And um, so I snuck that in on the A side. Or the B side? Uh, no. Or the it, A there's, side? There's two on the A side. There's oh, the, okay. There's, I see. there's the Cubs one at all in 2016. And then Vendors, which is the, the, the exclusive uh, vinyl version of this theme song for this TV show coming out soon. And then on the B side is uh, Dreams Come True, which is one of my most popular songs from my Lucky Number 7 record. And when we were mastering it for vinyl, um, I mastered at Capital Mastering with this amazing guy, Ron McMaster. Hello, Ron, if you're listening. He's one of the coolest guys you'll ever meet. And he's like, well, I don't know if we can fit two songs on an A side because, you know, the way vinyl is cut, there's different frequencies. There's only so much length allowed. And uh, if something's really loud, it takes up more mass of, of cutting vinyl. But because my Cub song is quiet, the vendor song is a rock and punk song about baseball. And Dreams Comes True is this huge epic rock song. It worked out. And because the way the the, the ma- and he was he was just like, I can't believe we fit two songs on an A side. So things are just really working out well with this. Uh, April, of course, is opening month of baseball season. Record store day is April twenty second. And I'm extremely honored as an independent artist with no label, no management, no publicist to be one of the very few independent artists on the list for record store day. And it's just a really exciting time for music and for baseball. And Ted Wolfers is, has been my guest for Independence Day Fast Forward this week. Check out his full episode. That's episode 86, July 24th of 2013 at indepthday.com. And of course, you can visit him at tedwolfers.com. Now, after Records Tour Day, will this just exclusive, this final pressing, like they will not be available after Records Tour Day, or there'll still be more until they're out, or how are you going to do that? They, if everybody, uh, right now, it's, it's, well, it's an exclusive limited edition for Records Tour Day. Um, you know, uh, if they all sell out immediately, you got to go get them because there's there's not many of them out there. And I know a lot, you know, every, every store is buying a bunch to sell to you guys. So um, if they all blow up, maybe we'll maybe we'll print up some more. But you never know. Yeah, I don't know what the rules are in terms of that. Like the the uh, ruling junta of Record Store Day may not allow you to print some more if it's a Record right. Store Day exclusive. I'm not exactly sure how that works. But, you know, independent music, independent artists, like we're all trying to make our not one way or another, man. So congratulations. That's great. Thanks, and man. then real quick before I kick your butt out of here as this music is kind of fading underneath us, your last record was also kind of unique. It was like a ukulele I thing. I made like, a ukulele why, why? why would you torture the world with another ukulele record, Ted well, Wolfers? I, I just love ukulele, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a ukulele record that doesn't sound like many other ukulele records. There's distorted ukulele on there. There's slide ukulele on there. And it's just a fun way to chill out and uh, and relax. And I think the world needs a lot more of just chilling out and relaxing and thinking about what 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 is meaningful in your life and what's going to make your life and humanity better and not just uh, the the noise that has surrounded us. And uh, the record has had such a great reaction around the world. And, and it's funny because most people who buy it say bought this thinking it was going to be a boring ukulele record and this is the coolest uke record ever the biggest compliment of it was the man who mastered it richard dodd who had done several george harrison records and all the traveling Wilburys records as he said um this would have been probably the record that george would have made if he were still alive i do know that the man was crazy for coco for what is what's that line crazy for four ukuleles he had hundreds of these things yeah so ted man Thank you for coming in Thank again. You. It's an absolute pleasure to see you. It's an absolute pleasure to spend time with you. I hope we get to hang out again sometime soon. Visit him at tedwolfers.com. Go to Record Store Day a week from Saturday. Pick up a copy of The Cubs Won It All in 2016. And one, say it with me. One, two, three. Go, go Cubs, Cubs, go. go. I don't know where I'm going, but there's no place that I'd rather be. 
Find some peace. 